Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba da ba ba ba. Tonight on Revolt Black News Weekly. I just want you to know people are going to see this and say, okay, she's pandering to black people. <laughs> <laughs> As we roll into the midterm elections, political pandering and the Gen Z black vote, is it working or is there a generational miss? What is the report card? What did you actually accomplish? We explore all sides. Then... We are living in a midst of a generation that has been displaced from church. Profit over the pulpit. As church leaders come under fire, some of the faithful are fleeing the congregation. What's behind the spiritual ship? We get into it. There's this younger generation. It has been disconnected. The showing has looked so different from the tell. You won't break my soul. I'm telling everybody. Plus, Beyonce's Renaissance gets a redo. New, new, new. And we get new music from Ty Tribbett and Eminem. That's all in the remix. Then we get the latest in the Brittany Griner case as we explore black all over the world. All that and more as the Black News Revolution starts right now. The Queen Bee rules the music charts as Beyonce's renaissance gets a lyrical upgrade. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Kennedy Rue. And I'm special correspondent Rochelle Ritchie. We'll get cozy with Beyonce in a minute, but first we begin with the upcoming election cycle. We are well over 90 days away from voters casting their ballots. And in the past, we've seen political pandering to black America serve as a leverage for votes rather than real talk and real action. But how does that resonate with younger voters who see right through that strategy? That is tonight's top story. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. Perhaps the ultimate example of political pandering, then presidential candidate Joe Biden on the campaign trail in 2020 telling Charlemagne the God that black people should automatically vote Democrat. It don't have nothing to do with Trump. It has to do with the fact I want something for my community. And who can forget Hillary Clinton's 2016 cringe-inducing remarks also on The Breakfast Club. What's, what's something that you always carry with you? Hot sauce. Really? You, yeah. Yeah. I want you to know people are going to see this and say, okay, she's pandering to black people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is it working? Right? Beautiful. Of course, pandering to black voters happens on both sides of the political spectrum. You're living in poverty. Your schools are no good. You have no jobs. 58% of your youth is unemployed. What the hell do you have to lose? I don't care that you have hot sauce in, 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 in your purse. I don't care that you're hip with the, the, the rappers. I don't care about any of that stuff. What is the report card? What did you actually accomplish? Now it's Democrats in the hot seat because they're the ones in power. And it was the black vote who put them there, with 92% voting for President Biden. So this campaign was at its lowest ebb. The African-American community stood up again for me. You've always had my back. Without strong, deep, and wide support from black voters, the heart and soul of this Democratic Party, it is not possible to win. And I think people realize the power of our votes and our voices. Vote, vote, vote. 
But many black voters believe the issues that are important to them have not been a priority during the first two years of the Biden administration. There's been a direct attack on our voting rights. That hasn't been addressed, right? We, we did all of this organizing around police reform, but like the opposite has happened. It's almost like we're last. We need candidates that are not just gonna say the things that tickle our ears and make us feel good, but we need candidates that are actually gonna go into office and do what they say they're gonna do. Consequently, support for Biden among black voters is dropping. A Washington Post survey shows just 60% of black voters, 39 and younger, approve of Biden's performance. While perception is sometimes more powerful than truth, the administration has made some real progress on issues relevant to black voters. I, Ketanji Brown Jackson, do solemnly swear. I, Ketanji Brown Jackson, do solemnly swear. Among them, the swearing in of the first black woman to the Supreme Court and the signing of the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act. And as Vice President Harris stated in her recent address at the NAACP annual conference, the American Rescue Plan has invested billions in HBCUs, reduced poverty with the child tax credit, and advanced black home ownership. Together, we have accomplished much, but we still have much to do to move our nation forward. Those legislative proposals that have been signed in law literally will be generational in impact for every community, but in particular for black communities, they will be generationally consequential. Black voters matter! Still, with inflation on everyone's mind, the midterms might be a brutal wake-up call for Democrats. Democrats haven't done anything to improve my, my black quality of life in the States. We might just have to sit this one out. We're living in a time where economically our families are struggling. I think they have to stick solid to quality of life issues, uh, bread and butter issues, barbershop and beauty salon, space tables, uh, kitchen table issues, things that uh, literally transform our communities to any given election. For more on the efforts of securing the black vote and the issues that matter most to Gen Z are Paris Denard, RNC National Spokesperson and Director of Black Media Affairs, Crystal Knight, Political and Social Impact Advisor, and Sean Ali, activist and student in Howard University. Paris, I want to start with you first. Do you think the Democrats pander to black voters and how? I think Democrats pander to black voters having candidates go down and talk in a southern accent that you saw you know, Hillary Clinton do and, and others. Uh, they also pander by talking about, you know, when Hillary Clinton talked about she has hot sauce in her purse and things like that. Look, you don't have to do that. What you stand for and what you're going to do, that's how you get the vote, not uh, pointless uh, pandering. This doesn't work. Crystal, what are your thoughts? I mean, is there some truth to what Paris is saying? I mean, the hot sauce in a bag, you're not black if you don't vote Democrat, which was said by now, you know, President Joe Biden. Is there some truth to what Paris is saying? I think there is some truth to what he's saying. My view is that Democrats pander to black voters when it's election time, but when it's time to legislate and we're talking about voting rights, uh, we're talking about, you know, provisions inside of the Build Back Better bill that still has not been passed, then, you know, the Democratic Party is silent on black folks. And so that's the, uh, that's the misstep really, is that we come to the black voters asking them to show up and vote, asking them to turn out to make sure that we have a 50-50 Senate, but then when they're actually in office and have 
all three branches of government, we're their mum on them. And so that's the miscalculation is that black voters are so loyal to the Democratic Party that all we need to do is convince them that they need to vote for us instead of continually to engage us throughout the legislative process. Now, Sean, when you hear what Paris and Crystal have had, had to say, how does this you know, upcoming election sort of resonate with your generation of younger black voters? Young black voters, we've made our, our voices known within recent times with uh, as issues that affect our community. Uh, the police unrest and um, police brutality that we saw in 2020, the outcry and protests. Um, and then record numbers of black voters came to the polls uh, my generation, young black folks in Gen Z, uh, were very enthused, very excited to get into the political process. Many of us voting for the first time. Um, I never thought that Biden or any one individual from the Democrat or Republican Party would be uh, some sort of a savior for the black community. But there's absolutely uh, political pandering that goes on and it's disrespectful. It makes us, uh, in my eyes, seem like political chumps, so to say, to use uh, street lingo, to continually uh, be spoken to only when it's time to vote. Uh, I was very active in the fight for justice for our sister Breonna Taylor, who lost her life at the hands of police in the city of Louisville, Kentucky. And Biden's administration was on the phone with um, Breonna Taylor's mother, Ms. Tamika Palmer, telling her that you know they would ensure that police reform happens, that they would ensure that the society becomes more just for black people, that they would be uh, pushing the things that folks in my generation fought for all in that summer and in years before. And we have not seen those issues addressed or talked about in a manner that is actually serious. Paris, let me bounce back to you. I mean, do you think that political pandering, though, happens on both sides? Because if you look at the Republican Party, sometimes they're saying things that go into the fear mongering of immigrants taking over and, you know, all of those other kind of different racial issues that seem to come up more so in the Republican Party than so much the Democratic Party. Well, I think we have to give credit where credit is due. When we talk about immigration, it's true. Illegal immigration has a disproportionate negative impact on the... Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Black community. And so we do see it from an economic standpoint. We do see it from a public safety standpoint. So I don't look at that as pandering, nor do I look at what the RNC has been doing under the leadership of Ronald McDaniel. Not just two months before the election, but a full 12 months before the election, hosting events, talking to the community, and listening. So I do think that uh, the Democrats have been pandering, and I think from a Republican standpoint, we've seen a, a solid, earnest effort to earn the vote and respect the voters and not just give the vote away, and then, in turn, not do anything with it. Yeah, so, Crystal, do you think that Democrats should be worried? I mean, when you hear Sean, who is obviously a young voter, you listen to Paris, you hear the numbers, do you think that Democrats should be concerned? I, I think Democrats just need to do a better job with messaging to the base and to Black voters about what the administration will do for them. And then once they message that, actually take those steps and actions and pass legislation. So I think it's really simple. You say what you're going to do, and then go and do it. Paris, Crystal, Sean, thank you all for joining us. Now, coming up, profit over pulpit. We get into a conversation about faith when we come back from the break. I was a helpless shepherd. They trusted me, and I couldn't protect them. 
in this moment. Welcome back. That was Brooklyn Bishop Lamar Whitehead speaking out after he was allegedly robbed of more than $400,000 in jewelry during his sermon. Now, the video has since gone viral and is opening up a conversation about faith leaders flossing and seemingly putting profit over the humility of the pulpit. At the same time, many are making a faith shift, fleeing the church, especially when it comes to the Gen Z population. So for the first 16 years of my life, my mother actually made me go to church. It was not an option. And so with my generation, I'm 48 now, uh, for my generation, pretty much going to church was not optional. He said, after you suffer, he said, I'm gonna perfect you. For centuries, religion has served as a major factor in the lifestyle of black Americans. But according to a recent survey by the Pew Research Center, 21% of black adults claim no religious affiliation, a group referred to as nuns. We are living in a midst of a generation that has been displaced from church because they choose not to go and they're not being made to go. There's a stronger emphasis put on, don't just tell me about religion, show me the impact of it in your life. And I think that this younger generation, it has been disconnected and discontent and disappointed because the, the showing has looked so different from the telling. Producer, author, and man of faith, Devon Franklin suggests the younger generation might be turning away from the church because of evidence that some pastors are not authentically living the life they preach. The greatest sermon is gonna be the life that I live because words whisper, but actions yell. And I think that this generation wants to see it more than just be told about it. He now is raised up from a commoner to a kingship. Come on, raise it up and walk him around. So many young people have been turned off by what they see in the church. And so this generation, they can smell hypocrisy. Uh, they can see, sense when something is not are authentic and they shy away from it. The media portrayed me as the bling bling bishop. They portrayed my car. They talked about my Fendi jacket. Following Bishop Lamar Whitehead's viral on-camera robbery, accusations resurfaced against him of conning one of his members out of her life savings of $91,000, which he reportedly used as a down payment on a multi-million dollar home, which never went through. Whitehead has denied the allegations and a lawsuit is still pending. We are believing for 200,000 people to give contributions of 300 U.S. dollars or more to make this a reality. And in 2015, televangelist Creflo Dollar infamously called on his congregation to fund a top-of-the-line $65 million Gulfstream jet so he could preach around the world. Creflo Dollar didn't have a jet when I was here, and now he has one and he's asking for another one. You have to be authentic. You have to know what you're talking about. Uh, in regards to uh, the Bible, and you have to make it relevant so that other people can understand it from a practical perspective through your transparency. Here with us today, Naturalized podcast host Samantha Jovan, spiritualist and healer Elizabeth Jasmine, and the Journey podcast host Jada Christine. Thank you all so much for join joining us, Samantha. I'm going to start with you. Um, you know, how much do you think? 
faith leaders flexing their wealth, their jewelry, all those kind of things. They're driving G-Wagons. They got the Rollies on. They got, you know, Gucci down to the socks, whatever. How much do you think that contributes to Gen Z leaving the church and maybe feeling like that's not very authentic? If you like nice things, it's okay to buy nice things. But if you're not out here doing the groundwork in your community with that same money, literally trying to get people out of poverty in these situations and these circumstances that your church is in, in your community, it's, a, it's, it's for fame. It's for, you're idolizing those things. And it's okay to like nice things. But Jesus was out here doing the groundwork, literally out here doing things in his community. And if you're not offering that, it's just looking like you want to consume it for yourself. And that's us paying our tithes. And then you start wondering, where is this money coming from? Is it our money? Are you using other things to get rich? Is it a get rich scheme? You know? So I feel like if you're not out here doing the groundwork like Jesus and you're that's all you wear and that's all you drive, something is something missing. I think that transparency is very necessary and church leadership, they have vital roles, they have important roles, and it shouldn't be taken lightly. And a lot of times we have people who are in charge of, of, ch of churches who misrepresent who Christ is, who aren't transparent enough about their own walk, and who end up pushing the younger generations away because of that lack of transparency. So when we start going to these churches and we start being a part of these groups, we feel like we don't fit in because they don't reveal some of the rawest parts about themselves. They get into these positions and we just view them as perfect. We don't think that they come with struggles or anything like that. And now people are recognizing that these people don't share some of their most vulnerable parts. And we feel like we can't relate. So we have to, you know, go and we try to think for ourselves because we feel like we've been steered in the wrong direction because people aren't authentically them. Now, Elizabeth, you are a spiritualist. Um, and that seems to be sort of the new wave that a lot of younger people are taking when it comes to religion. What, why are the younger generation sort of shifting to that level of spirituality? Well, I think it really comes down to the fact that a lot of us are waking up to the fact that we have a connection to source, to God, to spirit within ourselves. I think it's a bigger issue of not just transparency with church and leadership, but also transparency with our connection to divinity. So spirituality allows us to connect to God within ourselves and not have a middleman in between that connection and really decolonize our relationship with God as well as find God, like how I said, within ourselves. Now, there are some people, obviously, Elizabeth, that would associate that new age spirituality with evil works. Why do you think that is? Well, where do we first hear that concept, right? Black magic, this is all having to do with Black people practicing their indigenous spiritual customs. And so really, this is colonial programming that we've had from generations to generations of our colonizer or our master telling us that what our powers and traditions and practices are, are just evil and you have to follow something else. And so we have this idea of, you know, evil, Black magic, all that kind of stuff really because it is a stripping away of our own power and our own connection to divinity and spirit within ourselves and within our own communities. So I think it's really just um, misunderstanding what our practices have to do with, as well as colonial programming. Jada, do you think that, you know, the spiritualist movement is evil? Personally, about a year ago, I used to believe in certain New Age spirituality practices and after leaving from it, I saw everything that I was believing in in a different way. The Bible says that when you, before you come to Christ, you have a veil or a spiritual covering over your eyes. 
And after you come to Christ, that veil is lifted. So after that veil is lifted, I saw everything that I was doing in a different way. And it put me in the face of dark things and spiritual things that were coming against my own mind and my own spirit. My spirituality really has to do with African traditional religion and being a student of nature, as well as getting closer to Olodumare or closer to God, right? Um, so a lot of new age practices tend to strip God away from manifestations, strip God away from these, you know, crystals and all that kind of stuff. But in reality, when we see beneath the veil of capitalism, as well as some of the ways that, you know, our society has profited off of new age spirituality, and we get down to the base of what spirituality really is, it has nothing to do with these new age concepts. Samantha, Elizabeth, Jada, thank you so much for joining us here on Revolt Black News Weekly. Moving on to the legal... Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Headlines that we're following, including Mystical facing serious allegations of rape and false imprisonment. It's all in our gavel-to-gavel -gavel coverage of who's caught in the system. The rapper Mystical is back behind bars after being charged with rape for a third time in Louisiana. Mystical, whose real name is Michael Tyler, faces first-degree rape, domestic abuse, battery by strangulation, and false imprisonment charges. Deputies interviewed the alleged witnesses at a hospital, which sparked an investigation leading up to Mystical's arrest. In 2003, Mystical pled guilty to sexual battery and served six years in prison. Then in 2017, he was charged again with rape, but this time the charges were dropped due to a lack of evidence. And in Akron, Ohio, three people were arrested outside of the Akron police headquarters during protests over the police shooting death of Jalen Walker. Two men and a woman were all charged with rioting, misconduct, and failure to disperse. The arrests are the result of continued outrage as the community of Akron demands answers for Walker's death. Because of Breonna Taylor, we can say this is a day that black women saw equal justice in the United States of America. Justice for Breonna Taylor, the Department of Justice announced that the four officers involved in her shooting death have been charged with federal crimes. Former Louisville police officers Joshua James, Kelly Goodlett, Brett Hackinson, and Kyle Meany were slapped with civil rights violations and unconstitutional use of force charges. All could face possible life in prison for the botched no-knock raid in 2020. It's a good day and a rough day all at the same time for many different reasons. We'll be sure to stay on top of those cases. All right, keep it right here. There's much more Revolt Black News Weekly right after the break. Trending as Renaissance continues to top the music charts. Welcome back, guys. I'm Kennedy Rue with all the entertainment headlines, beginning with Beyonce giving an upgrade to one of her new hits, and that kicks off this week's remix. No big 
surprise, Beyonce blew away her music competition with Renaissance selling 275,000 copies in just four days. But it hasn't come controversy free. After complaints from disability advocates criticizing an offensive slur featured on her song, Heated, Beyonce was quick to respond and will replace the word spaz. Now the superstar has also begun removing the Khalees sample after a credit complaint. Yeah. It's been a minute. It's actually been two and a half years since we've had an Eminem album, but the wait is over with Curtain Call 2 dropping August 5th. That includes collabs with Rihanna and Bruno Mars. New, 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 everything new, new, new. And all things new for Ty Tribbett. It was upgrade time for the Grammy-winning artist mixing modern hip-hop and blues for his latest gospel achievement, Out Now. I feel like coming out of the pandemic, you know, not just are things new in our world, but we should be new as well in our minds, in our hearts, in our ambitions, in our souls. And Travis Scott has announced he's headed to Vegas. Less than a year after 10 people died during his Astroworld performance, the rapper will perform seven shows beginning next month at the Zook nightclub. And watch out, Buffy. Jamie Foxx is ready to slay some vamps with Snoop and Dave Franco in Netflix's Day Shift, out August 12th. Vampires just tried to kill me. Now I just pissed my favorite... Hey, 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 everybody pisses themselves the first time. Really? Yeah. Did yeah. you? No I, no, no, I didn't, but, but listen, you did. It is like a buddy movie as well yeah. between the two of you. What do you remember about that initial meeting where you felt that chemistry? I think it was probably during the table read, right? Yes, we did this table read. I pushed for him. I was like, yo, I don't want to do the movie unless I get a day break. I'm not doing the movie. I said, because this dude, I know he's going to bring it. And when we did the Zoom, you know how tough Zooms can be. This dude murders the Zoom. I love that Snoop is in this film also with you guys. Talk to me about the vibe on set, the chemistry between all of you. Did he bring that Snoop energy to the set? He can't not bring that no, Snoop energy. He brought, he brought so much energy to oh, the set. Yeah. Energy was all in the air. Yeah. There was a whole Snoop, lot of energy. Snoop is the most himself of anyone I've yeah. ever met in the best way. He's just so comfortable in his own skin. Yeah. He's so sweet and just generous with his time and his energy and he's just, he's a national treasure. And you're looking at the latest Spellman sister. That's Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt's oldest daughter, 17-year-old Zahara, now a freshman at the historic Black Liberal Arts College. And rolling up September 24th through the 25th, the Revolt Summit presented by AT&T returns to Atlanta with an all-star lineup of hip-hop's heavy hitters celebrating the culture through knowledge and fellowship while helping the new generation achieve new heights. Tickets are now available. Just head to revolt.com. And the boozy convos continue on this week's Drink Champs with guest Ja Rule and music producer Irv Gotti, dishing about Gotti's writing history with his reported ex, Ashanti. She wrote him, but she wrote him with the, the help of me telling her what to write. Mm. So, I, I own it. Let's move on to And we salute two legends. NBA star Bill Russell not only delivered 11 Celtic championships, but became the first black coach of any major American sports league. The Hall of Famer was also a civil rights powerhouse. The Presidential Medal of Freedom recipient was 88. 
and Star Trek icon Nichelle Nichols broke down television's racial barriers. The interracial Kirk kiss was iconic and boldly took us where we had never gone before. She was 89. Switching to our global headlines, beginning with the latest on Brittany Griner, who's been in a Russian prison for six months. Her fight for freedom is what kicks off our black all over the world. But I had no intent to break any Russian laws. First stop, Russia, as we continue to keep you updated on the case of Brittany Griner. That hard work that my parents instilled in me is what brought me to play for the best EuroLeague and Russian team here at Ugenka. BG made her seventh appearance in court, where prosecutors examined the amount of THC in the vape cartridges she was carrying. Meanwhile, her defense team questioned the testing methods of the state's narcotic examiner. I'm of course to understand that it was an honest mistake that I made while, in, while rushing under stress, trying to recover from post-COVID, and just trying to get back to my team. During closing arguments, prosecutors demanded that Griner be sentenced to nine and a half years in prison. The judge in this case agreed, handing down a guilty verdict and a sentence of nine years. President Biden issued a statement calling for Russia to release Brittany immediately. We'll stay on top of this story. I think everybody wants her home. She needs to be home. She needs to be safe. She needs to be with her family. BG deserves to be free. She's being held as a political prisoner. Now we head to the African continent where tensions are brewing over gay rights and Nigeria's women's football team. People like you existed. This side of the world, Nigeria. Nigeria is like so many years backward. I don't know for some weird ass reasons. It's hard to see a person in Nigeria just freely living. I don't think I've ever seen a team do what these ladies did in that match at Morocco. Although the Super Falcons are the most successful team, their failure to qualify for the 2016 Olympics is often due to their sexuality. There have been many situations across the country where gay women football players have been subjected to physical harassment and death. This is not acceptable. This is not agreeable. This is not about Uhuru Kenyatta saying yes or no. This is an issue. In 2021, Ghana proposed a bill to increase jail time for same-sex marriages and possible conversion therapy. A number of players and citizens have chosen to stay anonymous on this subject. Staying in Nigeria, with food prices on the rise around the world, Nigerian billionaire Abdul Samad Rabu has found a solution for Africa's economy, which has also been hit hard by inflation. Rabu's company, Bua, successfully kicked off a program to deliver shipping vessels to help expand the sugar transport operations to West African markets. Uh, we're happy and excited to be part of the markets in this moment of time. As Rabu continues to make ways for Nigeria. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows 
from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. He says it's now time for African countries to work together to create a food value chain across the continent. Africa must look inwards to develop a workable local solutions to our local problems. Our last stop is Kenya, where change could not come at a better time. Voters will head to the polls on August 9th to decide on their next president. We are going to commit 50 billion shillings every year to the Hustler Fund. Deputy President William Ruto, also known as the Hustler-in-Chief, comes from humble beginnings and plans to make Kenya a country of opportunity for all its citizens. I know there are notions that, uh, oh, you see, if you put the current president and the current leader of the opposition on one side, it becomes unassailable. I tell you, nothing could be further from the truth. Rayla Odinga is trying for his fifth and last run for president. While he has received the support of current President Kenyatta, he plans to focus on Kenyan's ownership regarding politics, technology and economics with an emphasis on closing the gender gap. People of Kenya have said that they want to see a change. And history is in the making in Kenya with Odinga's running mate Martha Karua, who could become the first female deputy president. I strongly believe in that woman, and I know she'll bring a great change. And uh, me, I'm just praying that uh, Martha Karua takes that uh, leadership so that at least we can also see the leadership of women in the society. Stay with us. There's more Revolt Black News Weekly, including our Revolutionary of the Week. That's straight ahead. Welcome back. We turn our attention to our Stand Up For series, which showcases amazing individuals who have had a positive impact on society. This time, we raise up a mom whose invention and ingenuity is changing the way we smell things. And it's her natural approach that caught our attention. Hello, I am Chantel Powell, and I am the CEO and co-founder of Play Pits. Play Pits is an all-natural deodorant that was created for smelly kids. Play Pits was inspired because one day my son, at six years old, came home after football practice and basketball summer camp one hot July day and smelled like a man. And I was totally mortified. But most importantly, I wanted to find a solution because I refused to settle for a smelly kid in my home. I went on the market looking for something. Everything was either antiperspirant or a natural deodorant that was catered to adults. With me not wanting to use antiperspirants, I also didn't want to use parabens that sometimes can interrupt with hormones. So I got in the kitchen and I whipped up something for him because I wasn't able to find it on online or in stores. And so he went to camp, loved it, and came home that day and was like, mom, you gotta make this for everyone. Initially, I told him no. And so he pushed me and it was like a light bulb. I saw 
the other mothers and fathers that deserve to have kids that didn't smell. And I saw all the kids that deserve to be able to play unapologetically and not be self-conscious about their body odor. I believe that natural ingredients in not only for kids, but most importantly, just for anybody. Your skin is your largest organ. I myself have eczema. I learned very early in motherhood that I could not put anything on my child that I could not touch. Uh, so I started making options when Cameron was one years old to kind of cater to his body needs as well as my own. It took me nine months to formulate play pits, so I consider play pits one of my children. Play pits is known for how amazing it smells. There's no other natural deodorant on the market like play pits. Play pits is an experience and people get excited about it. We have three different scents. Sugar, that is lemon, grapefruit, and lemongrass. We have sunshine, that's orange and peppermint. And we have happy, and that's scented with lavender. Parents were buying it, loving it so much, they were coming back to buy some for themselves. When you are a Play Pits customer, which we call our customers the Under Army, you are a part of our family. Our customers have watched us go from in the kitchen to the stores at Target. There is no other natural deodorant brand that is really being able to tackle the things that we're tackling as far as educating and helping people convert to natural deodorant. So we are changing the mindsets of generations from traditionally wearing antiperspirants to now wearing a natural deodorant because our product works so well. The growth of Playfish has been, <laughs> it's still surreal to me. The possibility of it all has been truly inspiring for myself, for my family. When I originally started this, it really was a way for me to just kind of show Cameron that you can have a vision and you can like execute on that vision. I think the biggest thing is being able to walk into the stores with my kids and then being able to see play pits at Target. So it's been a truly incredible journey. By the way, Play Pits is inspired by kids, but there is also the king and queen deodorants for adults who want to take a natural approach. It's perfect for the entire family. Congratulations, Chantel. We'll be right back. Before we go, we shine a spotlight on a 13-year-old whiz kid who's about to shake up the medical field. Yes, Alina Annalee is making history as the youngest black med school student in U.S. history. Her story makes her our revolutionary of the week. Yes! So she has officially been accepted into the University of Alabama Harrison School of Medicine at 13 years old. Way to go, Elena Whitaker. At only 13 years old, she's the youngest black student to ever be accepted to medical school. You did it. The milestone is a part of a bigger mission for Elena, who is more focused on social impact. Outside of her studies, Elena founded the Brown STEM Girl organization to inspire and give scholarships to young girls of color pursuing STEM. My learning journey actually started with homeschool. Um, I was pulled out at the age of seven from my regular school because of my principal telling me that I couldn't get all A's because of my skin color. And it hurt, but it's also what told me I can show them I can get all A's. 
Although careers in STEM are high paying and growing fast, a study shows women make up only 28% of the workforce in science, technology, engineering, and math. And men vastly outnumber women majoring in most STEM fields in college. It's not usual that you would see a lot of women or girls in STEM jobs. Getting the med school approval was no easy task for Elena. She doubled down as a student at both Arizona State University and Alabama's Oakwood University, where she is earning two separate undergraduate degrees in biological sciences. My goals right now are to definitely make it through college um, so I can go into med school because after I was accepted, it was the most amazing moment. Um, and just knowing that I've reached the goal of getting into med school at this age <laughs> at 13. was amazing for me. Regardless of her age, Elena is giving black girl magic for the present and the future. Don't let anybody tell you no, because there was a lot of people who told me no, or that I couldn't do what I dreamed to do. Um, and I also had that support system. They were there when I needed them, and they gave me that support to say, don't give up on your dreams. What a powerhouse. Elena, we wish you all the best as you soar. Well, that's all for us. We'll see you next time. Later. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.